Well, at uh, these Church of Prayers over these last uh, number of weeks, we have been uh, looking at Paul's prayers. And I think one of the, the reasons we've been doing this is because these are prayers that we can pray and be certain that God is going to answer them. So tonight we're going to be uh, looking at the, one of Paul's prayers, and it's a prayer to the Colossian church. So if you have your Bibles, uh, open uh, to Colossians and chapter 1, and we're going to be reading shortly from verse 9 to verse, 13, uh, verse 14. This is, I think, a prayer uh, for Christian growth. And in it, Paul makes two requests uh, for the Colossians, and he gives us two reasons why he makes these requests before God. So as I read, maybe try and listen out for these requests. So Colossians 1, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you, so that you, with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Well, did you hear the two requests? He prays that God would enable the Colossians to know him, know his will, and the reason is so that may grow as Christians. And then in verse 11 and 12, the second request comes. It is that God would strengthen the Colossians so that they may keep going as Christians with joy. These are the two requests. So let's turn and think about the first request. Why does Paul pray that the Colossians may know God? I mean, if we had read from the start of the chapter, we have discovered these, are, these Colossians, they already know God. Uh, there has been this man, Epaphras, and he has come with the gospel, and he has taught them the gospel, and they have put their trust in Jesus. This is the reason why Paul is so excited, so why he's rejoicing, is because these Colossians have come to know God. So why does Paul then continue to pray that they may know, know God? Well, let me take you back to uh, the Israelites being saved from Egypt. God rescues these Israelites from, from Egypt, and within days of crossing the Red Sea, and as, and as God has uh, triumphed over their enemies, we find the Israelites complaining. They're complaining about water tasting bad. So God gives them fresh water. A month and a half later, we find them complaining again about the food. God gives them bread from heaven, and, in the, and gives them these marvelous instructions of how to receive it. But the people flout those instructions, and they do their own thing. Again, there is a problem with water. And they, took, they take it out of Moses. So angry are they that they are ready to kill him. Here we have a people who have seen God's amazing salvation in crushing their enemies 
and freeing them from the bondage of slavery. And yet, they are still grumbling. There doesn't seem to be any knowledge of this God, a God who's given them fresh water, who's provided for food, and who continues to look after them. Well, I think it's significant that Paul then prays for the Colossians that they may increasingly know God. He prays that their knowledge of God may increase, that they may understand his purposes, that they may see him at work in their lives. I think sometimes as Christians, we are very good. We can know what God is going to do for us on that last day, that Christ will bring us into his family, that we will have forgiveness of sins. But when we ask ourselves, what is God doing now? How is his grace at work in our lives now? Then sometimes we draw a blank. We can't see God at work. And these are moments often when our Christian life becomes stale, when we fail to see God actively at work in one another's lives. And so I think that's why Paul prays this for the Colossians, that they may continue to have eyes that see God's grace at work. Well, how do they receive this knowledge of God? Well, we see in verse 10 that he says that they are to live a life worthy of the Lord. The Colossians are to keep following Christ. And as they follow Christ, they see God at work and their knowledge of God deepens. In chapter 3, Paul is going to paint a picture of what it means to be a Christian in the everyday of life. You know, at the breakfast table, uh, how we interact with our children or our wives and our husbands. He talks about work and how we should be follow Christ at our computer terminals. And it's in those moments we need eyes to see God's grace at work in our lives, see what he's doing and how he's changing us to be his people. So let me turn to the second request. The second request you'll see there is in verse 11. Paul turns and he prays for the Colossians that they may be strengthened. See, the first request, he prays that they may know God and then calls them to follow Christ. It's a call to work. But in this request, his reason is rooted in in hope. And the gospel is two things, isn't it? The gospel calls us to follow Christ, but it's also our place of comfort and security. So I imagine as the Colossians listen in on this prayer, as they hear Paul pray for them, that God may strengthen them, not just 10%, not just 50%, that that God would strengthen them with all his power, they must be incredibly encouraged. Well, let's stop a moment and ask, what kind of power is this? Well, is it power to take over the world? Or is it power that their Christian lives will be trouble-free? No, we find and see in verse 11 that this is power for endurance. But Paul isn't asking God here to supply them with some kind of energy drink when they become low. Or, or that God would press the, uh, the, their power song. You know, if you're those of you who are runners, there's that button on your iPod you press and you play the power song and that gets you up the hill. Well, that's not what this is. This is a quest for God to play the power song. See, the power that Paul asks God for is strengthening power to endure with joy and patience. So the Christian faith isn't just about, it's not about gritting our teeth when times are bad and it's hard, nor is it about walking around with smiles on our faces permanently. No, this is power for stability. This is deep, strengthening power. 
It's more like struts and strong foundations. See what this power is? If you look at verse 12, what is this, what is, what is this strengthening power? Well, he, he tells the Colossians to remember what God has done. What has God done? He has qualified them to share in this a great inheritance. He has brought them out of the kingdom of darkness and placed them into the kingdom which is ruled by his son, the son who's died for them and who's enabled them to have this great inheritance and who's brought them forgiveness of sins. That is what his God has done. And so when their life is difficult in the Christian faith, when they need to endure, this is where their thoughts are to go. They have to remember that the strength and power that is available is in what his God has done, and that is amazing. There's just two things I think I just want to end here, and, and, and which provides encouragement for us with the strength. See, the, the strength he gives us is with all power. And I think that, that tells us two things. One, it humbles us. It says to us that we cannot do it ourselves. It's not that the Colossians will provide 50% and, they, and God will provide the rest. No, it is all of God's power that we need for our Christian lives. And the second thing it teaches us, that is, it teaches us that God is amazingly gracious. Who are these Colossians? At the end of chapter one, we see that they were people who hated God and they were people who did evil. But yet God has graciously saved them and has brought them uh, into his family and is making them his people. That, that is what God is about, and that is incredibly gracious. So what do we need to, need to grow as Christians? Well, we need to pray two things for ourselves and for each other and for our, our fellow Christian believers in the city. We need to pray uh, uh, two things. We need to pray that we have eyes to see God at work in our lives, see his grace in our lives. And we need to pray that God may strengthen us, that we may have memories that remember that God has done great things for us. So I hope that helps us pray tonight as we come to pray for ourselves, uh, for our church, for our city, and for the world. Open, And uh, we're going to go into a time of prayer now. It's going to be an open time of prayer. And so 